team uh, and this is being streamed on linkedin youtube uh, facebook twitter so wherever you are joining us from uh, welcome i'm your host santos and today i have a very special guest on my podcast on my live stream uh, his name is surit chatterji he's my ex colleague from tier 11 and he's one of the sharpest mind in google ads i know so without further ado let me bring to surit chatterji and he will be presenting with us today uh, his guided ppc uh, not guided ppc google ads audit checklist which is now published on guided ppc by the way so <laughs> i fumbled and said guided ppc but let's say hello to surit hey shantosh i am excited to be here and it's such an honor man i have learned quite a lot seeing your videos and i am very excited to be in the show today awesome you just made my day man thank you so much thank you so much for sparing time for this it's super super uh, helpful to the community of google ads specialists especially those who are uh, trying to learn and level up and any help we can provide uh, you know from our knowledge experience expertise uh, is super helpful for the community and that's what i we are doing it for so Absolutely. thank you for once again sparing time for this great Absolutely. so i would like to mention here like shantosh is doing a really really great job like i have been following him following his post the courses he has been putting up and to be very honest like i learned quite a lot from your courses and all the people that are following you and going through your courses like this is something that you will only ever need i'd say like hands on <laughs> to learn google ads <laughs> thanks suri thanks for thanks for sharing that you know it's funny remember we had a, a one one of on one of our calls with um, Uh, and and i asked you that hey suri by the way you you sound so prepared in google ads and your mind is like uh, like my mind works did you learn google ads with my courses and you said yes i was like okay this is the, this is the secret <laughs> exactly exactly yeah no i mean honestly uh, because the thing is that you know uh, that you know the mindset of google ads specialist in general like most of them are generalists not specialists mm-hmm. they call themselves specialists but they are not yeah. and the real difference is that uh, you know the way their mind works is very surface level and this is why uh, i'm trying to help the community that hey guys uh, you need to look beyond the surface and if you really want to specialize in google ads there are things you can be doing better absolutely and you know that's what we are doing today as well uh, there are some people saying hi hey irbaz irbaz is by, by the way on the google ads coaching program that we are doing right now and so is alamgir alamgir is saying hi to both of us hey alamgir thank you for joining uh, alamgir and irbaz uh, there will be a time very soon when we three will jump on a live stream like this and we'll do this together and you you two will share your uh, learnings your expertise your experience with the rest of the community so thank you so much for uh, joining us today great so i would not um, you know hold you back from showing your presentation uh, i think you have a super super important value add here uh, which is how you opt- you know audit the google ads accounts and uh, let's let's just dive right right into it absolutely king singh say hi king singh thank you for joining us so um yes. sorry go ahead surit yeah yeah go ahead go ahead yeah Now I was saying that you can start sharing your screen and you know okay. walk us through the audit checklist. Okay, so I have created a checklist um, which covers I would say eighty eighty five percent 
and it's it's a checklist that you can follow and apply in any account of course there is 20 15% which is unique to every other account that you need to be mindful about and every account is different and every account every business have different goals and different perspective about how they approach things so you need to be mindful about that just uh, don't i mean but mostly it i would say mostly it covers the 80% i'll just uh, share my screen and we will go through that and we'll kind of make it like a discussion like where shantosh you will i'll also request you to provide your input on that certain topics uh, that mentioned in the checklist and we'd go through that let's you bet i am a attention seeker so i will you know bars in <laughs> okay cool uh, so here is the presentation now awesome so yeah the first thing like when i approach any google ads account is uh, what i look at before starting anything is how the conversions are being set up and um, first thing that i have come across a lot of accounts where the conversion are not set up properly maybe they are double counting the conversions and mark other agency that was working previously or the other person who was doing was trying to manipulate the number by sending same conversion values twice or conversion say, sending same conversion twice so there are a lot of things that you need to check in the conversion action so in the audit the first point that you would see is like if is the account is recording conversions sometimes oh so hold on a second uh, sorry uh, you said conversion actions are super important but we need to give a little bit context here why you are looking at conversion actions as the first thing in the audit absolutely absolutely so uh, so like uh, if if you are running google ads for any business and uh, ultimately what you are looking for is to say for example if you are e-commerce business ultimately you are looking for to generate purchase through the ads that you are running or if you are lead generation business you want to uh, you want to see like if the advertising spend that you are making are you getting actual clients in return and so so conversion action is the basic of everything without it you cannot track like if your marketing dollars which are being spent are going towards the right direction if it is bringing the value that you intend to give so that is why i would say that tracking is the very first thing that you need to look at because without tracking you are just shooting arrows in the dark so, <laughs> so so that is why like conversion actions are very very important and first thing that you need to look at is if the account is recording conversions okay if yes i like to want add one more point here yes. surit a uh, great explanation why conversion actions are important so you all please understand that uh, in today's age the way google ad works today is you have basically two bidding strategies maximize conversion maximize conversion value and you can add target ROAS or target cpa on top of that now the more learning you can have on your campaigns the better those campaigns can perform and if you are tracking conversions or not tracking conversions if you are tracking conversions the wrong way or if you are not tracking conversions at all uh you basically have no learning and therefore you cannot build upon the learning and you know uh, get get the scale that you that you uh, that you can and that's another reason why conversion actions 
are super super important not just tracking convergence but also making sure that the convergence are being tracked properly and you are tracking the right convergence not vanity convergence right go ahead sorry okay. i think there is a question here which is relevant abhishek is asking that is this a checklist only for e-commerce or any other business apart from e-commerce also yeah so this is this is a checklist that you can apply for any business like for few few point that you would notice that i have put in a bracket like it is for lead gen only or for few points you notice that i have put it it's for e-commerce only so yeah so the pointers which are not mentioned as anything those are applicable for both lead generation and e-commerce great and like surit said it's like 70 80% of the way uh, common for all accounts there will be 20, 15 20% difference which is unique to every account and every account is different so very well put together uh, sorry i would like to request you one thing can you try and zoom in the pdf yeah, because uh, yeah that way more yeah perfect this is this is perfect uh, you can actually hide the left pen uh, mm, i don't know how to do that yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah. gone <laughs> perfect awesome so um the second thing that you'd uh, i would be looking at is if the right conversion actions are set as primary account optimization goals i have came across a lot of accounts where they they have multiple conversion action and all of them are set as primary and like santosh has just explained like google's machine learning and google's automated bidding like maximize conversions or maximize conversion value or ttcp or tros depends hugely hugely on the conversion actions that are being used and it gets it learning from the conversion that are being received and what happens like if you set the vanity conversion as primary account optimization goals eventually what you will notice in the front end of your account that there are a lot of conversions happening and it's getting getting you the result within your target cpa or anything but eventually it's that's not the right picture so this is very important uh, that you set the right conversion actions uh, as primary so uh, like if you are e-commerce i would suggest you only do like only purchase conversion action should be only set as primary conversion action all the rest that you have like if you have add to cart or checkout started or anything if marked is as secondary so that google knows that the purchase is only thing that matters or say for example if you're a lead gen and uh, you are generating leads and you are optimizing for say booked call or someone uh, like a uh, marketing qualified leads like uh, event like you only set those as primary but also what's important here like for lead gen specifically i'd mention like say for example if you're optimizing for a offline conversion like a booked call or um scheduled scheduled customer or anything like that if the volume is very very low i would suggest like you also support it through some some of the micro conversions we'll go go about that later maybe uh, but uh, it's what the point is like you set only what matters as primary account optimization goal but or not third some people are asking yes. uh, where we can download the link so guys we will share the link uh, download link after presentation is over so let surit explain that first so uh, max will share it with you uh, you can download the slides okay 
Uh, you can also download the slides. We'll share it after the presentation. So please uh, stay tuned. Right. So third point that I have here, here is like Shantosh also mentioned, like account is not optimizing for vanity conversions. Like I have came across a lot of account where like page view or conversion actions like get direction or engagement, those are set as primary conversion action. So you make sure that it's not, it's not happening. So what is your, what's your thought on that? Like, what is your experience with that? I have seen a lot of accounts do that. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, we need to understand this very simple thing uh, and we need to get this straight that a conversion means you have got either the uh, inquiry, if it is lead gen, which is basically somebody has filled up the form and provided you their email, phone number, name, company name, and other details. Or if you are an e-commerce e -commerce business, you are uh, basically getting the revenue, like the purchase. These are the two primary conversion actions that move the needle when it comes to business, right? Uh, but if you're tracking page views or newsletter signups or video views or time spent on the page or number of pages viewed as conversions or store visits for that matter, you are essentially saying that, hey, Google, everything that, whether it is page views or con uh, you know purchase or lead, uh, everything is equal for me and therefore uh, try and get as many of those uh, as possible. So guess what Google will do it, do it for you. Google will say, okay, if you're happy with everything, I'll get you hundreds of page views. <laughs> but if you get hundreds of page views, it doesn't move the needle for you. Like, you know, you, your advertising is not successful because you're just stuck with page views that you could have got, uh, you know, at much lower cost or in a different, different ways. So that's for that, for that reason, uh, tracking valuable conversions uh, and staying away from tracking vanity conversions like Surit is saying is super important. You can track them as secondary like Surit explained but not as primary conversions and definitely not part of the account or campaign goals. Exactly, exactly. Also, the, the fourth point is about double counting of conversion. I have seen a lot of accounts like one purchase transaction is coming from Universal Analytics and there is another GTM conversion action which is also uh, counting the purchase and which which is and both are set as primary and which is giving uh, inflated number in the reports and inflated number of conversion value and inflated ROAS. And uh, I have seen account, I mean, not once, but multiple times. So that is something that you need to be mindful about uh, if, if, if you are make sure that you are only counting one purchase only once. Uh, no matter where you are, I mean, how is your conversion action setup? Is it through GTM or is it through UA? But make sure it's once. La the uh, next point that I have is make sure to. I have an example. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. I have an example I want to show to people um, and show the significance of it, and that will help people understand why this point is so important. And I have actually an uh, interesting case here. So awesome. this is from one of my uh, new clients I have onboarded. Uh, let me try and share my screen and see uh, <laughs> because uh, you know this is this is super important. Like people need to understand uh, if you are. Let me put this layer and see if I can. Um, 
share my screen so you need to understand why this is so critical right and once you get this uh, you will be doing a lot of good for your account and saving from damages that you would have not considered so let me see if i can share my screen without sharing the account details can you guys see my screen yes okay so see this account is tracking three conversions google shopping app add to cart google shopping app add to cart google shopping at begin checkout and app purchase and when i asked them what's your roas you know what they told me they told me that the roas was 2x oh. uh, but when i checked <laughs> i said but when i check your roas it's actually how much 9.96 so how come you are saying that your roas is 2x they said oh, oh we are not accounting for the out <laughs> i said then why are you tracking them in the campaigns and they just don't know <laughs> so Imagine what's happening here. If you're tracking add to carts and begin checkout, which has three edge conversions mm -hmm. uh, in your campaign, your campaign is basically essentially optimizing for all three goals. Yes. So obviously, it will try and get you more of the add to carts and more of the begin checkout, which are easier to get than the purchase. But your campaigns are learning the wrong way because your business, for your business, it matters that purchases come through, regardless of how many add to carts and begin checkouts happen. Exactly. Right. So, um, if you think about that, it really messes up how the automated bidding strategy works. So, for example, if they are tracking three and they have a conversion value by cost or uh, ROAS by time as nine x, and they eventually have to bid like a target ROAS of nine hundred percent, but in 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 reality, it's like only two x. Like you, you'd get no clarity. You would and. <laughs> It, I mean, it completely mess up everything. So it's very essential uh, to set up the right conversion actions. Yeah. So, in fact, I, I had the follow-up question for them that, okay, if your ROAS is 2x, what's the target ROAS on your campaign? 2x. But your campaign is getting 9x. <laughs> so, how can you optimize for 2x if your campaign is getting 9x? Uh, like yeah. You will never have the clarity uh, what should be your target and ROAS? People will think like, okay, we are delivering the target ROAS. Okay, let's let's spend all the money. Yeah, well, yeah they're over delivering. So Google yeah. is over delivering to you. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, you can start sharing again. Yes. So guys, whoever is asking how you can get the slides, I would like to repeat one more time that we will share the slides towards the end of the presentation. And we'll take some questions as well. So Mohamed uh, Abu Hanif. We'll share this with you once the presentation is over. So let's just go through what uh, Surit is trying to explain here. And then you will get the list. Go ahead, yes. sir. The next point that I have, like, check if the account is using conversion action important from Universal Analytics. So this is very, very important. So first of all, um, Universal Analytics uses a different attribution model than uh, Google Ads conversion action. And uh, Universal Analytics is actually works, uh, the attribution model in Universal Analytics is actually the last click. And it only attribute a purchase or a, say, for example, a form fill up or anything like uh, any conversion action that you might think about, like if it's only the last click. So that is 
one limitation. So you would be missing out a lot of data and Google ads uh, conversion tags will be missing out in the lot of data that it could have. And like, like we said earlier also, like automated biddings works completely based on, based on the machine learnings. And uh, what we, I have seen generally, like the conversion value reported through universal analytics versus a GTM tag is like at least 20% lower. So like this 20% conversion data where Google ads is actually, um, actually like working or say, for example, have some influence into that in that uh, conversion is missing out and Google is missing out on that data. And say, for example, if you're running video campaigns, YouTube campaigns, there are a lot of, you know, you'd be getting a lot of click, uh, I mean, view through conversion or engaged view conversion. And with a universal analytics conversion action, you would be missing out on those. So make sure like you check that the conversion act actions are not imported from UA and also like UA will sunset in next July. And uh, yeah, maybe it will, then there would be conversion actions from GA4, but that's not the point. Um, what's important here is that you we give Google as much learning as possible so that Google can also understand what is working and what is not. And based on that, it can modify its bidding, automated bidding strategies. So that is the next point. Uh, I need to take a call. You carry on. I just, I'll be back in a minute. Okay. Exactly. Okay. No Oops, problem. it's gone. So let's, uh, there is a question, by the way, uh, not question, a comment by King Singh that the in account add to card value to be more than purchase. That's a great observation, King Singh. Good you notice that, that if you're tracking add to card, begin checkout and purchases, the add to card should be the highest, uh, followed by begin checkout and the purchases. But the reason you saw more purchases than the add to card is because the date range are uh, was uh, the date for the date range that the report was showing. In that range, date range, the add to card and begin checkout was already excluded. So some of the ad parts and begin checkouts are still showing, but that's not the proper data. Like you no, know. so there is no tracking issue there. It's just that the date range ranges are uh, mixed up. Okay, go ahead. The next point that I have, like while checking the conversion action, you should also be checking at like how the click through conversion window or engage view conversion window or view through conversion windows are set up. So um, by default, it's I think set as 30 days, three days and one day, if I'm not wrong. But say for example, uh, account which is which is a small account, I think using longer conversion window, like a click through, I usually use a 90 days click through conversion window and 30 days of engaged view conversion window or view through conversion window. But that depends on account to account, but just to make sure like you check whether it is set up properly. And sometimes also what we do like to feed Google the proper, uh, amount of data, we set it as longer conversion window, but while reporting, we use a shorter conversion time frame. but that is a different topic altogether, but you make- Yeah, I just want to, yes. yeah, I want to, I would like to add here is that the conversion window is important uh, to define, depends on the business. So if you're, if you're a big basket selling grocery, you know that somebody who came to big basket is supposed to order now, not 
one month later right so the first visit to the transaction is ideally supposed to happen within the day and therefore your conversion action could uh, the, the the window should be not 90 days but if you are selling washing machine or um, you know high value products where people need to do multiple levels of considerations and you know they need to have multiple touch points before they actually make a purchase in that those cases in particular you can increase the conversion window to 90 days to account for more conversions uh, related to your clicks so um, yeah i hope that that example makes sense exactly and also like for uh, conversion or for products services where there are multiple interaction or multiple touch points i mean like santosh mentioned it's very essential you have a longer conversion window so that you you you, you can uh, understand how much your top top of the funnel ads are also performing or the youtube ads that you are running is it getting is it getting any benefit or is it working uh, so that is very important like it depends completely based based on the business to business but you make sure that you are aligned with the business and how the conversions windows are being set up yeah i mean if somebody is considering buying an erp or crm software they would probably need more consultation and more uh, longer window so so the click happens today the conversion can happen like even 3 months later <laughs> so in those cases you can adjust your conversion window like surit is saying great man you're doing absolutely great so far uh, i am sure people are finding it helpful and uh, if you if you don't find it helpful if you don't find it interesting enough please pay attention because this is super important this is either make or break for your google ads campaigns uh, in the year 2023 go ahead sorry the next next point that i have is whether the enhanced conversion has been set up in your account so for lead gen account there are enhanced conversion for leads and for ecom account there are enhanced conversion for you know web i believe so what it does it kind of works as an offline conversion but it does not require you to collect the gcl ids but it matches your matches the user's email id and phone number with i mean if you're using enhanced conversion for leads matches up your email id matches up the email id or phone number that is being provided on the form and it um, basically i mean i i don't want to go into deep details i i have not be able to explain it completely but yeah what enhanced conversion is does is some sort of close to offline conversion and then it matches like matches every traction like in fact for purchase also like if your enhanced conversion is being set up and if the user have multiple touch point it does help you in the at doing the attribution properly so you make sure that is being set up pro properly on the account the next point that i have is regarding the it's specific, it's uh, important for lead generation account but for purchase or i mean business ecom business also sometimes if the sales are happening through phone calls or it's a high ticket conversion sometimes it happens for ecom as well but uh you need to make sure like need, need to see like whether the call tracking or call reporting is turned on and if the account is using any third party call analytics provider like call tracking metrics or call rail it's not available in all the countries but it's definitely available in us or canada or states like that but um 
you need to uh, see like whether it is turned on or, or whether uh, services like that is being used if that is used then you need to check whether this conversions data are being feed back to google ads in properly like if the i mean this how this works like this is a sort of offline conversion you could say like you get the data uh, this providers captures the numbers uh, with the gcl id and also records it for records the call for you and you could rate the quality of the call or if the conversion happened and you send back that data back to google so it's some sort of offline conversion you could say so if that is set up you need to look at that and see if it is working properly or if that data is being sent properly i like to add some more context here so uh, the reason why offline conversion data is super important is i'll give you the call 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 example so if you have a call only campaigns or call extension on your campaigns and you are getting phone calls what's the default way of tracking phone calls as conversions uh, the calls being more than 60 seconds right but all the calls that you are getting which are 60 seconds or higher or longer uh, not not all of those calls would be relevant i mean 80% of them might be relevant but the other 20% might not be relevant just because of the length of the call and therefore you got to listen to those calls and qualify those calls are they relevant or not relevant and then upload that offline data back to google so that google knows that out of the 100 calls that we sent you this week how many of those calls were actually uh, you know meant for business for you and therefore once you upload this data back to google google can learn more about who is the right customer for you and the machine learning can go and get you more of those customers rather than treating every 60 second call as a conversion likewise for lead generation you can use crm tools like hubspot or salesforce and upload the offline conversion data back to google so that 100 leads that you received only 10 may convert and therefore those 10 that converted if they are if the data is uploaded back to google google can know which of the leads that came in and converted therefore let's find more of those uh, more people like those and get you more conversions are uh, like those so it's basically sanitizing and you know qualifying your leads and phone calls by uploading the offline conversion data back to google which helps you uh, scale campaigns for the right conversions in the long run exactly and that's that's the beauty of like automated bidding strategies like more you feed feed the data into it the better it works so it's so it's always like helpful and the account performance i've yeah. seen like going from 0 to 100 like using <laughs> the offline conversion data or i mean right set well when sending the right set of data back to google ads yeah and you got to teach the machine learning the right data like you know it's also important not just feeding data but feeding the right data is super important for you to be able to capitalize on that learning and uh, getting the scale and better conversions more business out of it cool exactly. awesome now we have the section 2 which is account structure so once you and make sure that uh, wait, hold on a second so uh, king singh is saying that enhance elaborate more about the enhanced conversion so we we will not go too much into details but at the top level understand the enhanced conversion basically means that you are getting better attribution so understand the you know journey 
uh, a click happens not every click directly leads to conversion right so sometimes it may happen that somebody clicked on your ad came to the website didn't find enough information or were in a hurry and therefore they went back googled again and maybe or maybe signed up for your newsletter uh, and later purchased in some of those cases you might lose attribution and enhanced conversions uh, basically tries to bridge the gap and tells tell you that out of the clicks that happened uh, how many of those actually led to conversion so once you set up enhanced conversion uh, and the mechanics of it we will not go into detail we don't have time for that it could be a separate live stream altogether <laughs> but just understand that by the name of it enhancing conversion means you are getting better attribution at the end of the day if you set up enhanced conversions exactly awesome um so uh, is there is there any more question or shall i jump back into the section 2 i don't see any more questions so we can start with account structure so the big bucket the second bucket once you have taken care of conversions and you are happy with that uh, you know the next thing you should look at is the account structure go ahead sorit yes so uh, the first thing that i look at like while looking at the account structure like what are the campaign types that are being used are the campaign types that are being used is the right for the business and uh, how much of the budget is being used uh, i mean how how the budget has been segregated into different different campaign types so that is the first thing that you need to look at like if the budget allocation is done properly or what are the campaign types that are being used that is subjective from account to account some some accounts some businesses could be search heavy so ecom business could be shopping or performance max heavy but you need to ensure that uh, whether it's the right fit i mean how the account is being structured is the right fit for the type of business that you have second point that i would like to uh, highlight here like is there a separate brand campaign and product brand campaign because a lot of time i see that there's search campaign which are using non brand and brand camp keywords together and sometimes dsa as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly and what what it does is like you have to understand the intent behind every search terms that are happening like brand terms that are happening are very very high intent and very i mean very much bottom of the funnel and if you mix it up with the non brand search search i mean non brand keywords what could potentially happen like if your non brand keywords have lots of search volume it could eat up your budget and not leave any any room for your brand camp, brand keywords to show up in the later later half of the day and sometimes you could miss out on a, a potential high quality traffic or customer that you could have get uh, get, get other ways so it's very important that you have you separate the brand campaigns and product brand campaigns from the non brand campaign if so you need to make sure that it is being done properly in the account third point that i would uh, say uh, that whether there are also like okay the third point is our brand keyword are also being used in non brand campaigns yeah so th this is same as the second point that i mentioned so santosh do you want to add anything on top of it like mixing up brand with non brand like what are your experience what do you think about that like oh yeah i mean i have seen this happen a lot of time like you know every client almost every client i touch on board um, i i notice that you know the brand campaigns are 
non brand keywords are used in the brand campaign the dsa is used the display expansion is used display yeah. channel is used and sometimes uh, non brand keywords are not excluded from your uh, brand keywords are not excluded from non brand keywords uh, non brand campaigns and dsa campaigns and basically you might have this understanding that you are running a brand campaign and non brand campaign and a dsa campaign but uh, all of those campaigns are inflated because brand keywords are getting traction everywhere and therefore exactly. you don't have any clear clarity of whether the non brand keywords are campaign is really working or the dsa campaign is really working to its potential and so it's important for you to segregate this properly keep the brand keywords in brand campaign exclude the brand keywords from non brand and dsa campaigns so that those campaigns are going for non brand and more top of the middle of the funnel keywords and therefore getting you business and you are getting a good sense of uh, you know understanding about uh how well the non brand keywords are performing how well the dsa campaign is performing and how well the brand campaign is performing so very very important to have this clarity otherwise you are like having things mixed up <laughs> and yeah. exactly and also um, also like uh, it's very essential that you understand like the total search volume that you have for your brand campaign and you and make sure you allocate the right set of budget so that you not missing out any brand traffic and you cannot do that like if it is mixed up with different different campaigns and you cannot it just makes everything a mess so it's very essential to have separate brand and product brand campaign so that you, and since these are lower funnel traffic and you make sure i mean you make sure that these are getting the budget that is required yeah i think a bid strategy example would be appropriate here so read let's say you are in a very competitive space your the client that you are optimizing campaigns for and competitors are going for your brand keywords but if you have the brand keywords and the non brand keywords in the same campaign you cannot use uh, the bid strategy called target impression share to its advantage because if you are going for target impression share and you, in your campaign you have the brand keywords and non brand keywords together you are going for target impression share on all keywords and you are potentially right. wasting your budget or not wasting uh, spending your budget efficiently uh, yeah. in that case you would rather want to keep the brand keywords separate in exact match and go for the target impressions say 100% of the impressions on top of the page absolute top of the page and try and get more of more from uh, try and protect your brand space there uh, exactly. so it's super important to have this uh, segregation and structure in place and that helps you use the bidding strategies to their advantage absolutely and like like you mentioned santosh like if uh, if it is mixed up and you are you apply the target search impression share uh, bidding strategy in your non brand campaign like and if it's have a very high search volume it, it's never going to work like it will eat up yeah <laughs> you'll <laughs> empty your bank account much faster <laughs> so yeah very 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 important okay the next point that i have is like whether the account is targeting the non brand search campaigns so um make sure like uh, you check like there are non brand campaigns it's not i mean it's not like a rule of thumb like to have a non brand search campaign sometimes a few businesses say for example if you are selling courses or uh, i mean there it youtube works better for you like an outbound right so you don't necessarily have have to have a non brand campaign because some of these purchases like where they i mean but if it's it's a business like where people search for it and if 
people search for your product or people search for your services that you offer it's very important that you you have a non brand campaign for courses also it's of course like yeah and in mean, example surit could be that let's say your website is called bookstore.com and you are selling books now it's very difficult to have bookstore as the brand keyword because it's a very yeah. commoditized name right uh, anybody searching for bookstore uh, chances are that half of them are actually searching for neutral bookstores not yeah. your bookstore and therefore in that case uh, brand and non brand has is is kind of mixed up so you can't really do much about it but wherever yeah. you have the clear distinction between the brand and non brand terms in those cases definitely make use of this structure that sorry this suggesting absolutely absolutely and also like for some business like like you mentioned like a bookstore like a retail business like this they they sells a lot of products on different different manufacturer and different different uh brands and sometimes uh, say for example the brand and product brand keywords for example say for example there there is a, bo- a book say uh, bo- the book name itself is a product brand keyword right so a l- brand and product brand keywords is consuming all of your allocated daily budget like sometimes then it doesn't make sense to go into those high competitive space if you are uh, working in a limited budget or limited capacity but uh, but like if you have room uh, i mean it's very essential like for some businesses definitely very essential to have a non brand have non brand search campaigns and you make sure you check for that yeah i mean the, the example you gave surit i think uh, if the bookstore was the brand term and mm. bookstore was the store name uh there is no clear distinction then you would rather not be uh, you know better off using target impression segment strategy in that case use uh target ros or target cpa bit strategy even on the brand campaign or the search campaign right okay. so that you get the business not necessarily you know all the traffic that's not necessarily searching for your brand name yeah and say for example if you are a retailer and you say sell mobile phones right yeah. and mobiles that you have the brand name like apple iphone 14 or samsung whatever like this this will this this you will get a lot of traffic lot of high quality traffic from this keyword itself and sometimes it doesn't really make sense to go for non branded terms like mobile phones in general right so and uh, it might i mean if you have budget of course you go for it but sometimes like if a, that 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 is the thing i wanted to highlight like if well- if it depends on the niche also like sometimes and would you believe that i have seen wild really wild examples where somebody was selling iphone cases and they have used iphone as the keyword we have a big question here um abhishek while running search campaigns what would be the strategy for competitive keywords based campaign and if cpl is high here and sales are not happening from competitor keywords then what to do i think use target cpa would that be your strategy yeah target cpa target cpa is a good strategy like where you define to google like i would not pay more than this amount of money other than the conversion but if you eventually if you if google sees that google cannot uh, get you result within that cost per acquisition eventually that campaign might die out or maybe you can use a manual bidding strategy is also like where you can decide like i would not pay more than this amount of money for a click and uh, if it works i mean i mean i mean if google can deliver you the result within that tis target cpa that you set sent uh, it's well and good but uh, if it's of course like my approach to uh, 
any account or any account optimization is completely based on data. And if I see that if something is not working and I have spent quite a lot of money on it, I would not, uh, I mean, I would not completely pursue it based on my intuition or any other theories that I might have. So yeah, that is, I mean, that's completely perspective, but yeah. What, what is your thought? Uh, I would like to first compliment you saying that Surit is the data driven digital marketer and everybody should be because data is your guideline. Uh, data is your guiding light. And if you're not following the data, following your in instinct, uh, you will probably make more mistakes than get it right. Uh, but to specific to this question from Abhishek, uh, if you are, say, using target CPA, bid strategy, I would like to keep each competitor keyword brand uh, into a separate ad group and use target CPA bids at the ad group level. Or for that matter, use, uh, you know, put them in one ad group if you are using manual CPC or enhanced CPC and see uh, if you should be able to control the bids of each competitor because uh, in case of competitor keywords campaign in particular, uh, every competitor uh, would be different, right? right? So there would be some competitors where you have the uh, competitive advantage with some you don't. And therefore, the ones where you have the competitive advantage, you could be getting more business out of it. And therefore, you should have a separate target CPA or target ROAS bid uh, versus the other competitor where you are neck to neck or you have you are worse than once than them and you're still trying to win business from those competitive search searches so in that case you would use uh, uh you know a different bid strategy a different uh, bid so that you're not bleeding you're still getting money out of it like business out of it exactly and that that's what matters like if, if you if you are getting business out of it like if you're lead generation if you're getting good quality leads from it or if you're ecom then if you're getting purchased from it like if it is working then uh, of course like keep going and but if it is something that it's bleeding you out and you have tested it for say for some days like 30 days or 60 days or whatever and spend decent amount of money when you still think that still see that things are not turning around then i would i trust the data <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. By the way, Surit, we have 14 minutes left, so we have oh. to, uh, yeah, speed up a little bit. I'm totally enjoying this conversation, by the way. Uh, great value add, great learning. So thank you for sharing one more time. Uh, yes. So the next point that I have is like, um, is search campaigns are using network expansion, like search network or display network, like uh, because a lot of time I see that the search campaigns are using display network and in front end, it looks like, okay, the search campaigns are getting a lot of conversions and a lot of leads. Or, uh, but I mean, this happens specifically for lead gen account, but for, for purchase, eventually you will determine, eventually Google will also see like, okay, the conversions are not coming through from this network and let's not spend much on this. But uh, it happens mostly for lead gen account when you turn on the network expansion like search network or display network you'd see a lot of leads are coming through from these networks and eating up your budget and um, this is something that we don't want to do because eventually the, if you determine the quality of the leads that are coming through from display network not uh, gonna be like less since those are not intent like people is not active not searching for that particular product or service that you're offering but rather served as an ad the intent for that particular user would be less and you'd be getting filled up with a lot of poor quality lead or cheap quality leads and 
it will consume your budget for the search campaign. So you make sure that those are not turned on. If you want the display leads or if you want leads from other, uh, I mean, display uh, other networks, like you can create separate campaigns for those, but don't mix it up with search campaigns. Yeah, and here you, you you need to know that you are basically going against Google's recommendation. Google would yeah. Google give will you alerts. Huge <laughs> network expansion. And uh, Google Maps will always tell you, okay, you turn this on, turn this on, turn this on. Your budget is not spending. Okay, you turn this on, your budget will be spent and you'll get leads. But if you, if you go further deeper and assess the quality of the leads that you're coming from this, maybe you'll get the right picture. But, well, yeah. you at least choice with search campaigns when it comes to performance max you don't have any choice right, <laughs> right. of course of course and, but and i think a big question in, in in the marketing world right now like is performance max suitable for a lead gen account i have asked <laughs> a lot of people has asked me like okay i'm running a lead gen i'm running performance max i'm not getting quality leads i'm getting cheap quality leads what what shall i do well i have Edit. a slightly different take on this so and here is my take. So if Google is telling you that include display in your search campaigns or if you're, uh, you know, considering lead generation, uh, for lead generation, you are considering Pmax campaign, there might be a merit in this, uh, provided you have your conversion actions are so sorted, you have solid history, performance history in the account, and your campaigns have learned, you know, you, know, you have uh, solid learning on the campaigns. At that point, you could potentially try running search network with display select uh, as well because on the back of this learning google has hundreds of data points touch points right hundreds if not thousands uh, and they know the person really well uh, you know sometimes even better than the person who is thinking about what they want <laughs> there was a case kasim mentioned on twitter that you know um, google predicted someone was pregnant before that woman knew that she was pregnant <laughs> so if google has this level of sophisticated understanding about every individual then google can potentially make use of this learning and get you the conversions whether you are running ads on search display uh, discover wherever and in that case you could potentially benefit out of that but then you gotta uh, take care of conversions and learnings like surit started with that's super important. Without that, you would be doing more damage uh, than any good. Absolutely, and and like I mentioned, like and uh, if if it is like if you are e-commerce and your campaigns are optimizing for purchase, and even if you turn on the display network expansion or uh, search network expansion, uh, Google will eventually uh, not spend your budget if those are not bringing conversion. It will yeah. only and I have seen like the. the the account is optimizing for purchase display network is turned on and merely one percent or five percent has of the budget has gone to display network but for lead gen account if you like like optimizing for form fill-ups and uh, which is like a simple form in your landing page with uh, no other qualifiers and you turn on that expansion it things could get horribly wrong like you could get spammed with a lot of cheap quality leads so it's very essential like santosh mentioned like very essential. The first thing, the best of anything, like before starting media buying on the account is to ensure that your conversion actions are set up properly so that Google gets the right data because without data, like Google's machine learning cannot learn and uh, 
cannot deliver the result that you want uh interesting point from alamgir he says that for lead gen in pmax performance max i had converted keywords as audience signal only this strategy has worked for me in pmax and that could be good but you got to take this with a grain of salt here because an audience signal regardless of what the audience signal is it's just a signal it's not targeting and right. you know uh, by giving a converted keywords as an audience signal you are telling signaling google that hey google could you try this first please and google might you know the machine learning and the campaign that you have might say that okay i might or might not try uh, yeah. depends on the learning on the account so yeah i mean it could have worked for you but it may not necessarily work in every case uh, because it's just a signal it's not targeting absolutely um the next point that i have is if it is an e-commerce like art the standard shopping or performance max campaigns are running and how much of the total account budget is allocated to the shopping ads so you need to ensure that if you are a e-commerce business a decent portion of your budget is being spent on the shopping channel because that uh, uh, that could bring you a lot of new customer and that could i mean i mean it's very essential for any e-commerce account let's say sorry may i request you to please select the line you are talking about so that people know which line yeah. you're talking about just yeah, make a selection it will highlight yes yeah so i'll just oh my god pdf does a very terrible job of selection cannot <laughs> read <laughs> yeah just just okay, like point I'm, once yeah <laughs> like 7 minutes left i don't think we'd be able to completely go through all the points that we we said. can do a follow up session we uh, or we can go longer if you are if you don't have anything right after yeah, i think i can i have uh, i can, I, can, i can finish this you have time so yeah, let's let's try and complete this awesome okay so the next the next point that i am talking about is are the account have remarketing campaigns no matter if you are lead gen or a e-commerce it's very essential to run remarketing ads unless you are in a domain like medical niche or something where remarketing is prohibited and you, can, you cannot do remarketing remarketing uh, it's very essential to have remarketing campaigns and you need to check whether you are doing remarketing in different channels like display discovery video or remarketing list in search ads which is rlsa if all these remarketings are being done properly if not then may, might be a good a good idea to start that next point i think santosh you already have uh, talked about this like if the outbound uh, dsa campaign has been um, i mean not going after the search term as your brand or non brand search campaign and you make sure you negate negate those brand keywords from your dsa campaign so that it does not overlap with your other campaigns so if the account is running outbound dsa campaigns you need to make you need to check the negative keyword list for the dsa campaigns and also the search term report to see whether those dsa campaigns are also going after the keywords that you are already targeting from your different campaigns like brand like your brand campaigns or non brand campaigns and if it is going for that i mean even if it's not going for that when you set that up you add those as negative so that you don't i mean you avoid the keyword cannibal cannibalization in your account all right the next point that i have okay i have seen this in a lot of accounts like the same keywords 
used in different campaigns, different ad groups, and everything. I mean, it happens for large. I mean, mostly seen this in large accounts, and and um, so this is something that I would say you definitely should avoid. What is your take on that, Santosh? Like, it's not just uh, large accounts. It's basically yeah. it should be clubbed as mismanaged accounts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if there are keywords in multiple campaigns and ad groups essentially you are competing against each other uh, and therefore it shouldn't it should be avoided uh, try and keep one key- keyword in your like specific campaigns uh, where you uh, you basically have clarity of what keywords you are going for into which campaign so that you can pinpoint and get the performance out of it absolutely i think self explanatory right why yeah. would you have the same keyword in multiple campaigns and absolutely. in multiple match types yeah the next point i have is the are the campaigns using account level conversion goal so sometimes this is a very common mistake that a lot a lot of experienced marketer also have seen that doing like because by default is always set as account level conversion goals and if your account level conversion goals are set up properly like you only selected say for example you are an e-com and you only selected purchase as your account level conversion goal it's fine i mean doesn't harm anything but uh, if not like it is very essential for the campaigns to have right conversion goals like by default google said google google you know adds a lot of different different type of conversions which are might not be your primary conversion action as default account level conversion goal and it's very essential that you look into that and make sure that it's set up properly yeah and a good example case could be that if your business drives both b2b and b2c in that case your account level goals could be uh, the form fills as leads and purchases as uh, for b2c but when you have a campaign specific for b2b uh, mm-hmm. which is lead gen and a specific campaign for uh, e-commerce in that case you got to change those campaign level goals to either leads or purchases absolutely absolutely all right so uh, yeah that's about the section 2 and uh, how many sections we have left three and four three let's and run four. through these quicker three four, five okay uh, let's try and run through these quicker yep so section 3 i have uh, here is the like the bidding strategy and the match types so first first thing that i look at in the any campaign like are all the campaigns spending is allocated daily spend if not like if you see like you have assigned say 500 dollar as a daily budget and you see like in last 7 days your campaign is only spending at 200 or 300 a good way to figure out is to build a custom column which is like average seven day spend uh which is where you like take the last seven days cost and divide it divide it by seven and create it as a custom column to have a visibility like how much your campaign is spending and um, see if all the campaigns are spending its daily daily budget that you have set uh, because sometimes what happens bid strategy or bids could be limiting the daily spend so if it is happening you make sure you watch out for that uh, if it is delivering at your kpi if 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 it is at your kpi uh, then might be a good idea to re- re- i mean in, if it is manual bidding increase the bid or if it uh, target cpa then lower the target cpa or if it is a target roas lower the target roas so that is uh, something that you definitely have to look at third point that i have is what is the keyword match type that are used being used in brand campaigns 
so if it uh, so for brand campaigns like if it is only exact match or phrase match of of course like this is just how i approach i mean opinion could uh, differ from uh, i mean from different advertiser and different advertiser could have different strategies but if the brand campaign is using only exact or phrase matches it's i have seen that uh, it delivers a better value when used a enhanced cpc or target search impression share bidding strategy because what happens like most uh, when you used a max conversion or max conversion value bidding strategy in a, a brand campaign where it have exact match or phrase match cpc could get really really high sometimes and i have uh, seen that by capping it manually like using a bid strategy like enhanced cpc or a target search impression share, share bidding strategy where you limit the maximum uh, maximum cost per click that you uh, want to pay and the target search impression share that you want to achieve the campaigns perform better than how it was performing in max conversion or max conversion value so um, that is something i would like to mention here well, that's a great point sorry because i didn't think about this that if you are running with uh, maximize conversion or maximize conversion value or target cp target rows bit strategy your cpcs can get crazy and therefore yeah, a really really good case study like i talked about this and in, uh, in my last customer acquisition show from tire 11 like uh, where we went live i think that was few weeks back and uh, there's a very interesting case study like the account was using a max conversion bidding strategy and brand with brand keywords like the cpc was like $9 and uh, we switched to enhanced cpc and put a cap of 30 cents <laughs> the search impression share dog drop a little bit but the target rows went crazy like 14 15x <laughs> so that is something that i mean i mean there are certain uh, i mean there are of course some um, exceptions yeah exceptions yeah there are some exception where it happens but yeah it uh, if it is the case like if you have low competition for your brand terms and um, you you are getting most of the impression share in the auction in, inside then maybe you could try it try it out with lower cp putting a lower cpc bit cap and see how how it performs and also i think believe santosh you also have i got the idea from you one of your videos you yeah, yeah i made one video about it yes yeah 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 so yeah this is something that really really crazy and if you have not watched santosh video watch it i definitely recommend that santosh Yeah, I mean, I I reduced the CPC by ninety percent on that yeah. <laughs> on that brand campaign. Yeah, I mean, I because get, like the case on the case study, like I saw your video, and then okay, I yeah. I wanted to try that, and I went one of my accounts and saw that okay, there is not much competition happening in my bid, in my in my say I saw in the auction inside there is not much competition, and just switch the bidding strategy from max conversion to enhanced CPC and reduce the bid by. 90% 95% and uh, it worked as wondered yeah i mean if you are uh, if you are know that there are not many competitors in your for your brand keywords yeah. and you are going to get business uh, as soon as you get the click uh, people are going to search it for your brand name and they're going to buy from you then why would you pay crazy amount to google exactly. by keeping maximize conversion or maximize conversion or target rows target cpc bid strategy because google is happy to take your money they don't care about <laughs> but you got to, you got to, because you are uh, you know learning from us um, y- you have this clarity that hey it's my brand keyword 
there is a bit competition. I have seen the data. I'm a data-driven digital marketer. And therefore, I'm taking a decision to, on purpose, keep the brand uh, keyword CPCs at fixed amount. Just bare minimum to get the clicks. Absolutely. The next point that I have is whether the broader mission has been used on the account. So broader mission is like combination of broad match plus automated bidding. So first you need to look at like what are the brand, what are the match types that are being used in non-brand search campaigns. If it is working uh, working well with uh, exact match and phrase, as, phrase match, that's good. But definitely like maybe you could run at, run it as experiment with broad match and automated bidding strategy and see how it goes because in 2022-23, we are noticing a huge improvement. I mean, I have seen in my accounts a like, huge, huge improvement and it's potential. It's opening up a lot of other potential search terms that I was my, missing out previously with my exact and phrases. So if you are not trying that, like previously I was against it, like Google will always su suggest you to, you know, go for broad match in your max conversion campaign. But previously I have seen it was tanking the campaigns completely, but now at 2022-23, it's I think it's it's a good idea and worth a try to test if the broader mission has been happening. So I would like to take the credit saying that the term broader mission was coined by me. The yeah. the idea was of John Morans, but I coined the term saying that hey, let's call it broader mission. So guys, <laughs> I hold the copyright trademark. <laughs> so, yeah so um and also like if uh, the next point is about like if you are using broad matches and um, automated bidding strategy you need to make sure that you are not putting too many broad keywords within a single ad groups because that could potentially open up a lot lot of search terms and and your budget might not be enough for that uh, to cover up so i would suggest like identify few terms which are working really well and few similar terms and put those in uh, in a single ad group i usually keep it less than i would say 5 to 7 i think i don't put more than 5 to 7 broad keywords get keyword in a single uh, ad group but i have seen like with one broad match keyword in an ad group it's doing absolutely crazy so yeah I, I make sure you don't overdo it and put it like 100 200 broad match keyword into a single camp single ad group and uh, what it would do def basically would you know google will be open the floodgates it will open yeah. the floodgates and your yeah. money will be when out in the ocean realize when your money is spent <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah that is something you definitely should avoid if you are using broader machine and broad match keywords don't don't overdo it with too many keywords because when when we are um, doing exact matches and phrase matches, we try to specifically for exact matches. We are only going for that particular search term and the close variance. So for that, it makes sense to put a lot of keyword as exacts. But when you are doing broad, uh, and it definitely does not make sense because broad not only go after the variation of that particular word, but other synonyms and what not a lot I, I cannot think about how broad a broad match keyword could be <laughs> even phrase can go broad match so broad can go super broad yeah <laughs> exactly 
okay uh cool awesome great point uh are we down to now section four uh oh no there we are two, have two. another two points which are okay. like what bidding strategy is used on shopping campaigns or performance max campaign make sure you look into that also like um, it's set set up properly like if you are a, a e-com business make sure it's set up to maximize conversion value also i've seen max conversion also works well for e-com so no hard and fast rule over there but you make sure you check check it like um, and if the shopping if you are still using standard shopping like if the bids are uh, how the bids are being set up and what are the particular strategy that is being used that is something that you definitely want to look at i just want to add that between max conversion and max conversion value the only distinction you should make is when your ticket sizes are not varied you can use max conversions if the ticket size is like average ticket size is between let's say 10 dollar to 20 dollar there is not much of a difference but if the average ticket size is between 10 dollar to 100 dollar or 200 dollar in that case you would be better off using maximize conversion value because then the campaign can go for value not just conversions otherwise it would just go get you 10 dollar conversions and give you lots of that Yeah. Uh, but a ten dollar conversion uh, is not as valuable as two hundred dollar conversion, right? So in that case, you would want to use maximize conversion value. Otherwise, both strategies work really well. Absolutely, that's a very very good point. Okay, the last point that I have in this section is what are the bidding strategies are used for video campaigns? You might, I mean, you have, I mean, I definitely look into that as well. Like I have seen accounts like where the bidding. i mean it's using brand awareness and reach as an objective and the campaign is running at target cpm bidding strategies of course like it works like if you are you are a large business and you want to generate awareness but uh, when you your end goal is to drive conversions i prefer to go with maximize conversion or maximize conversion value i mean conversion based bidding strategies for the video campaigns as well what yeah i mean unless you are a mcdonald or a uh, you know big business you don't have much consideration about the response but spend the money like i have a budget i have like 20 million to spend this year and i don't know where to spend in that case <laughs> go and do youtube can burn a lot of money like that exactly exactly okay so the next section that i have uh, about product feed optimization i think santosh have a lot of videos around that which digs deeper into it but some basic points that you would need to check while auditing is like first of all like are the all products that are coming from your google merchant center are those approved and uh, if not then you might have to go to merchant center and look into it what is the issue the next point i have is does the products have gtia and mpn numbers associated with it so this is very important like if you are um, selling uh, products which have an universal gtia uh, make sure you have that gtia because a lot of time what happens like google get, i mean this is not completely proved or i don't have anything any data to back back that but if when you are using gtia like it could get the learnings from the product in from that particular product even though it's from it, it could be from different advertiser or like i don't like i said i don't have any uh, exact data or any any document to back that up but it's very essential that you have gtia and npn numbers 
and here is why so alamgir has a follow up question for you uh, so do all products require a gti and can it improve optimization so alamgir the answer is that not all products require gti and yeah. uh, yeah. unless if you have a custom product like people select the size and color and everything on the site and then make the order let's for example you are selling t-shirts mm. which have custom designs in that case you don't need gti and because there can be gti and there cannot be exactly. uh, but the products that are uh, standardized for that gtin is super helpful and here is why so gtin basically stands for global trade item number and by the definition by the uh, you know abbreviation of it you understand that it's a global trade item number which means it's a universal number not one gtin cannot be for two products right so if that is the case then think about how google uh, how your campaigns can benefit from it how your products on google uh, ads network can benefit from it so if your product have a global trade item number google has very clear distinction about what this product is about and therefore google can help you classify that product categorize that product better and therefore you will have better discovery mm -hmm. the other thing is that if you have gtin gtins on the product it means that all the performance which is being accrued is now also accrued on gtin and if you move the product from one campaign to other campaign you would not struggle much with performance history if you did not have gtin if you move the product from one campaign to other campaign uh, you would have a complete reset on the performance right performance history remember the case uh, the eu um, that that big uh, phone seller in eu you yeah. uh, they were moving camp products from one campaign to the another yeah. and very frequently right so um, without gtin that would be a disaster exactly but i think they they had gtin for all the products yes right? they had gtin and uh, that is why like it was not like a very big it was not as a, big yeah, issue yeah. as it could be yeah. yeah it could have been right so yeah gtin can definitely improve optimization and performance uh, but there are cases where gtin is uh, not and and you can uh, you know mark those products as custom products and that should be fine exactly and also Alangu. another point another thing that i have missed here to associate is the eco uh, the uh, product category that is also very essential and google have a list of uh, product i mean list of product categories that uh, and you can download it i think from google's website and you make sure that you categorize your product properly that is also very essential i didn't put it here yeah i mean that's super important uh, google would automatically give you a product category mm -hmm. uh, if the products are like properly defined like title and description and size color everything is defined and google has a good understanding about it if not then sometimes your product category can be misaligned right and in that case you got to manually check and make sure that all of your products have proper google product category exactly that's also super important yes the next point is i have is like very basic like is the title and description being written properly for it to trigger for the right keywords because like it's very very basic but very important as well like in google shopping you cannot target keywords or in performance max when it's going for shop uh, the particular shopping network you cannot put keywords of course like in performance max you can put some audience signal and add some keywords to it but like santosh mentioned earlier it's just a signal it does not guarantees you that it go after this key keyword so for shopping network is very essential to have the proper the title and the description written in a proper manner and um, to make ensure like is it if it is 
triggering for the right set of keywords for standard shopping keyword campaigns you can actually see the search term that that it is uh, appearing to and you can uh, define your product titles and description based on it for performance max uh, we don't get that data but um, yeah it's very super helpful i mean super important to you know structure it properly where brand, the brand should be mentioned the product type say for example if if it is a bag then bag should be mentioned or if it's a jeans yeah it should be mentioned i'm getting a lot of wild examples uh, in my head yeah. that i can quote imagine you are selling uh, t-shirts of us polo mm-hmm. right and all your product title says is t-shirt mm-hmm. then all the people who are searching for us polo t-shirt they are going to miss it yeah and all the people who are searching for uh, 200 rupees davia ganj t-shirt they are going to find your <laughs> list you know they are going to click on your ad and not be buying because they can't afford a us polo t-shirt which are 10 times the price or for example if you are selling used phones used phones used iPhones and on your product title you have said that i we are selling iphone 14 mm-hmm. uh, right uh, but you are not saying you are selling used iphone 14 and therefore you are going to get people clicking on your ad exactly so there are like some wide examples uh, i hope this makes sense so it's was super super important to actually properly organically define your product what the product is about exactly. and keep the products uh, keywords towards the beginning of the title and mm-hmm. write a like you know good enough description that defines the product like if you just like surit said it's very basic mm-hmm. that you would expect someone to uh, write proper title and description but sometimes it's it happens that people are getting this from uh, like people are drop shipping products and they have got the list from the supplier of the products and they just don't care to optimize their product title and description upload the product ids on the website and in that case it's not going to get as much traction as it would uh, you know and in those cases um, if you don't have those keywords added and i'm actually dealing with a product like a store like that you can use feed rules to append those keywords on the title and description over and above your store name uh, your store listing so you might not want your uh, product uh on the website to read long titles and description but you want that to happen on when the product is being discovered through shopping ads and in that case you can at the merchant center level you can use feed rules to append towards the beginning uh, or towards the end uh, certain keywords which are specific to that product you can do that, advanced level that, stuff yeah that is like very i mean that is very insightful i mean on also i, I know i think uh, tools like data feed watch also uh, give oh, yeah. cap- capability to do that so there are i just say that tools. data feed watch can help you yeah. insert the title uh, keyword somewhere like with based on rules you can put it after two words after uh, 30 characters in the middle of the title right. you can add your keywords with feed rules you can do it towards the beginning or the end mm-hmm. right so more advanced capabilities with data feed watch exactly and also like you can also like do experiment with it like uh, adding something and see how the performance yeah. and changing it yeah or you chat gpt yeah. <laughs> to write product title and description why not exactly <laughs> 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 Okay, the next point I have is um, you need to check whether the Google Ads tag is receiving parameters like e-commerce product ID. So to check that, you need to go to Audience Manager and select your Google Ads tag and see if this uh, Google Ads tag is receiving 
parameters like e-com product id or product e-commerce product category and because it's important because um, dynamic remark how dynamic remarketing works is completely based on this product id and if you want to tailor dynamic ads based on the user's behavior on your site with if you are not sending back this data dynamic remarketing would never work so this is very very important and if dynamic remarketing doesn't work your performance max cannot scale yep because it's heavily reliant on dynamic remarketing remarketing so like man if, i would have made a separate section out of it you're just making a, making a passing mention of dynamic remarketing ecom priority ecom total value i would have made a separate like big page that guys please fix your dynamic remarketing tag <laughs> exactly like so, someone could say okay i am not running any remarketing campaigns i am just running performance max so it doesn't matter for me but no like performance max does its own remarketing so and uh, if if you are not feeding this values back to the google ads stack your performance max campaign is also also missing out in lot of conversions there well amgir says that i use chat gpt not gpt gpt to write product title and description great job alamgir you are not just a data driven marketer you are a ai driven marketer <laughs> okay so that uh, should be a title no that i am a ai driven marketer who <laughs> uses data on the back of ai yeah i mean how things are progressing i am pretty much pretty excited to see what comes next like uh, and uh, yeah it's 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 been and last few months with all of this new development all of these things like i mean the chat gpt has made my job a lot easier like <laughs> i don't have to think i i can ab test different variation of copies i actually run a test like where i have my my written copies versus versus the ad variations with chat written by chat gpt so yeah there are a lot of it opens up a lot of possibilities and risks as well yeah <laughs> so, uh, if you are if you are not careful not ai yeah. smart you would be uh, redundant sooner than later exactly so, and that, that that is why like data a data driven approach is important rather than going through instinct and yeah. trust the data more than anything like if if it is if the data is saying it's winning then you should trust that and not your intuition or not what you think or not but you know is. what uh, surit speaking of that uh, think about something like chat gpt learning to create google ads campaigns and managing based on rules uh, based on data probably ai chat gpt can manage your campaigns better mm. but you would be able to you know uh, make a distinction out of it by using instincts yeah absolutely like some of the things like say for example seasonality yeah. or a sale that you are running yeah ai might take a take a long time to identify that as that seasonal ups, uh, but of course like it's getting better every day but uh, I, i mean you i would say like human could never be replaced like even if the ai got super 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 uh, humans and, can be sent on holiday not yeah. be replaced but <laughs> few decisions like th- that i mean i think the more time passes my take on that is like humans would be solely needed to make tough decisions say for example you are running i mean most of the redundant work ai can do it for you but it cannot make your decision for you 
that's awesome. Alamgiri says that you just need to write template of uh, prompts for ChatGPT to write title and description. I'm getting a lot of impressions on those products. Great job, Alamgir. Great. Thanks for sharing. Um, how many more points we have to cover? I have the last section, which is the performance okay. shopping. Okay. So let's cover that in six minutes and wrap it up here. Yep. Absolutely. So uh, the next in the performance max. Um, oh. If it's important, take it. No, no, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. So, um, yeah, so performance max is very important. Uh, I think we have already discussed this to have the right conversion action set in the performance max level. It uh, Because if you are lead gen, you, make, you need to make sure like it is optimizing for the proper conversion action, like your offline conversion or a booked call, which actually matters for you. Or if it's an e-com, make sure like it is optimizing for purchase only. So for performance max is very, very important. I think we already have covered that part. Next point I would like to highlight here is um, look at performance max and try to uh, identify like where the traffic is coming from in performance max. You can look at the inside tab for answers. It gives, gives you your top keywords where you are getting the conversions you need to look at like you need to look that it's not too brand heavy and it's not getting after the brand keywords and if it is doing that then it might be a good idea to exclude that brand keywords google doesn't have added the functionality yet to do it manually but you can definitely get in touch with uh, google support and uh, ask them to add those brand keywords as negative for you. Also uh, look at like what are the audience signal that are being being used and um, make sure like you, uh, this is just, this is a, I, I would say this is, this is not, this is a vague, uh, I mean, the, I mean, I, I could elaborate a lot more on that, but since uh, we are short in time here, but make sure like, you're not putting a lot of um, audience signal from your remarketing traffic or something that you're already getting because I have seen like doing that, uh, it makes performance max go mo more heavy on the brand terms and your existing terms. So you could, uh, if your target is to acquire new customers and go after uh, new uh, potential areas where your exist other platform specific campaigns are not going like where search is not tapping into or not where your uh, video audio video campaigns are not going into then it might be a good good idea to properly um, op properly audit that audience signals that are being used also uh, other few small things that you i also do in a performance max is like if you are in e-commerce i segregate the asset group into multiple listing groups so that i have uh, complete visibility of performance of the products. Like if you have a lot of products in, in, in a single campaign, say for example, a thousand, two thousand, then maybe you could categorize it, categorize the listing group by different um, say product category, or it could be anything, any, any, any custom levels also, like if you don't have category or type or brand, you can use custom labels. Yeah. You could use custom label. I have seen, business who you, you who level it by profit margins also so yep. you can you can be as creative as you want and uh, important thing is like when you when you don't add separate listing groups you would see 
a consolidated performance of all the products that the company is targeting but when you break it down in further you're able to see the individual per, uh, performance of each of these categories or each of these products that you're breaking down into um, and you might find something uh, um, based on that data like this gives you more insight into how shopping campaigns are performing within performance maps not not shopping campaigns but any camp any campaign type which are like listing group related and uh, also like another important thing that is like you don't completely go with the what the listing groups data is saying because this this particular section could miss out on a lot of other campaign types that performance max is also doing say for example um for example a search uh, a, when the performance max is going for the search and not for any specific product you would not i i don't think you the listing groups will get attributes attribution of that conversion shantosh correct me if i'm wrong no that's right yeah so like uh, yeah so don't completely um uh, don't completely go only about this listing groups level performance data and turn off on or off products based on that but it will give you a huge insight into how the performance of shopping um, shopping category has been going on or you can use mike rods script uh, and get visibility into asset group performance as well Mm-hmm. Yeah, microds have a very really nice script which yeah, which tells you like where your particular tra- where your traffics are coming from and which particular network is being used properly and you would get complete visibility of how the performance max has been performing and also like you could compare it uh, like with any small changes that you are making into the performance max campaign is it is the split is being changed say for example you increased budget and you closely monitor the impact of it like does it spending the extra budget into uh, shopping or is it going into a different platform so uh, so not different platform different channel like search or video or display so that is something it's uh, you can definitely i definitely suggest you to look at and um, last i have like if the account is using standard shopping then how it is structured say structured so for standard shopping there are lot of strategies that you can utilize i would not go it deeper into it but overall you need to um, look at like if the account is based on st- standard shopping campaigns you need to uh, understand how the structure is being how the structure is being done and if it is the right structure for the business so that is something i would definitely check at while auditing i think we have come to the end of this great then i need to just share the link here guys uh, i'm dropping the link here on chat uh, you can get the checklist uh, by going to the guided ppc website the url is here guidedppc.com/google-ads-audit-checklist here it is by the way let me share my screen and show it to you uh here is the checklist on the website so go to guidedppc.com/google/google-ads-audit-checklist uh, uh, google ads checklist with hyphens and you will get it
uh, the link is there on on the chat but i think it did not go through to uh, to to linkedin so those who are watching from youtube and facebook you have got the link if you are watching from you uh, linkedin then you don't have the link uh, you can go to the website and get it awesome we made it thank you so much surit this is super super helpful and i am i'm sure this was helpful for others as well king sinj is saying that which script it's a script by mike rods uh mike rods pmax script google it you will find it um, you know so uh this is a performance max script that you can use in your campaign and it can generate a report in google sheet great fantastic thank you so much man um it's 1332 not 132 so 1 hour 32 minutes a great presentation uh great uh, value add great insights uh i'm sure you everybody loved it and if you all have questions you can keep posting on the comments and we will be happy to answer thanks and those thank you for having me have awesome we can do this uh, you know sometime more uh, you know yeah, if you have another topic to discuss definitely i'd love to thanks cheers thanks. have a great rest of the day and uh, get busy with your work in the evening yep. <laughs> yes. thanks for it catch you later everyone thanks everybody thank you so much uh if you are um, you know if you enjoyed this live stream please give us a like uh you know add some uh, comment tell us how how we did uh if you have any suggestion for improvement for the next live stream please let us know that as well uh and if you are you know interested in learning google ads you can go to uh, google ads uh, courses that i have on my website go to courses.garrettpc.com and you can you know learn google ads from those courses uh if you would like to get some hands on experience on google ads you can go to uh, again i have a coaching program which is ongoing so here is the website by the way uh, where you can enroll in the 14 hours course which is which gives you the understanding of the basics of google ads uh, i was not sharing my screen let me share again yeah so this is the google ads course uh where you can learn google ads in 14 hours and a lot of folks have uh, done it and they have loved it so first batch second batch gives you the advanced level of understanding of google ads and how to become a google ads specialist if you are interested in uh you know view on all products if you are interested in coaching program this is a group coaching program on the right hand side uh this is where you pay 149 a month and you get to uh, you know join the group sprint calls where we discussed google ads and you know you can also get some hands on experience by doing projects with me uh if you are a client you want training uh consulting coaching you can get this google ads coaching program for shopify stores and per month this is where we'll have a weekly call and i'll send you weekly reports i'll look at your campaigns also and basically i will help you manage google ads by yourself in house you don't need to hire an agency so that's that's pitch i have thank you so much once again and i will see you on the next one